News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number three, Pete Callender here. You can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com or call 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, so in the last hour, I was talking about the Democratic Party machine. Sorry, I just drank one of my Ph.D. weight loss shakes. I apologize. should never do that. I, I took too long to drink it. Um, anyway, so I was talking in the last hour about uh, this Politico piece and uh, the way the, uh, the Democrat machine has operated in this state for a century and a half and the way they controlled things. Um, and the, the lasting ramifications that that has had. And finally, we have uh, now more unaffiliated voters in North Carolina than we have Democrats. Unaffiliated's past Republicans a couple of years ago. And now they outnumber Democrats. And so that was the milestone that we achieved over the weekend. I got a tweet here from uh, Jennifer who says, another reason people in North Carolina registered Democrat prior to 2000 was the fact that the GOP did not run candidates in lots of races, especially at the local level. Primaries were closed. And if you didn't vote in the primary, you had no say in who your elected official was. And she's exactly right about that as well. Another big reason is that uh, there were a lot of Reagan Democrats. There are a lot of old Democrats, uh, particularly out in the western part of the state. There are a lot of Democrats. They're just still registered as Democrats, and they don't vote Democrat any longer. So, but yeah, but they just don't. They just don't change their party registration because they could never conceive of themselves as being not a Democrat, or they don't want to disappoint mom or dad or you know grandma, or grandpa. For real, like that's a real. Thing. So there are a number of reasons, but yes, the state has been run by Democrats for a very, very long time. And people who have just arrived here since 2011, uh, they think that, oh, my God, these Republicans are destroying the state. Nah, no, they, they're not. They're not. They've actually done pretty well, despite the headwinds and the nastiness that has been uh, uh, that they have been dealing with. Such as this. I came across this. It's always I get up early in the morning, and uh, I always come across the first uh, in the on the Twitter machine. I come across the first round of published news articles, you know. And usually, WRAL and their parent company, the Capital Broadcasting Company, which is owned by Jim Goodman, who is a, a leftist donor. He's the one that's funding all of the North Carolina left wing nonprofit groups and stuff. And he's the owner of Capital Broadcast Company and they own WRAL. And Goodman went out and hired a fellow by the name of Seth Efron and uh, not the actor. Uh, but this, uh, this guy, Seth Efron used to be the comms guy for Bev Perdue, former democratic governor of North Carolina and Mike Easley, former democratic governor of North Carolina. Efron also has a background in media I think he's a newspaper guy. But he doesn't ever sign his editorials. He just writes this editorial and it says the following is the opinion of Capital Broadcasting Company. So this is the this is the company's opinion. The company that owns WRAL, which we are we are assured has no influence whatsoever on the reporting that WRAL does, even though Seth Efron inadvertently 
replied to an email and replied to a whole bunch of people that were outside of the news department and it got leaked out and it showed that they're that they do communicate between the wall that shall not be broken but they actually do it's more of a window than a wall it's a wall with a window so you can open the window and then you can kind of like pass notes and say stuff through the window but there's a screen there's a screen maybe so you can't pass the notes unless they're really really small i digress seth efron has a uh has an editorial out today speaking on behalf of the Capital Broadcasting Company that owns WRAL, which is sort of the powerhouse political TV news station in the entire state. And you know things are bad. You know the polling is bad for Democrats when Efron admits that parental concerns over sexualization of the K through three or K through five student population. When, when he has to acknowledge that those concerns that parents have are in fact legitimate, that's how, you know, the polling is bad. They are so terrified of what is coming at them in November that he has to admit that these are legitimate concerns because this is not how they generally tend to react to parents who have concerns about K 12 education officials exposing their kids to explicit material. Usually it's just sort of a shut up response. That's it. Usually it's just sort of the, you know, go home domestic terrorist. That is generally the reflexive response. And you can hear it even in this piece as he starts it off. Quote, let's deal with this significant reality. Those most vocal about whether certain topics, books, or images are appropriate for public school libraries or in classrooms, those people are less concerned with resolving the issue in a thoughtful manner. What they really want is the opportunity to complain loudly and visibly to ignite and inflame a wedge issue for cynical political gain. That is blaming the victim. That is what he is doing. You are blaming parents... So even, so even as he is forced to acknowledge that there are legitimate concerns, which I'm not even really buying this argument from him, but um, he can't even bring himself to not start off with that smarmy approach, with that, uh, you know, the casting of motives upon his political opponents, assuming the most nefarious, the worst intentions. It's not that parents don't want their kindergartner to be exposed to transgender ideology or whatever indoctrination or movies or books or no, no, no. It's not that they think that, you know, their third grader should have their first discussions about the birds and the bees with mom and dad. They want to do that. Not you. No, no, it can't be that it's got to be that. If you're loudly and and visibly complaining about that, you're simply trying to ignite and inflame a wedge issue for cynical political gain. He has already already ascribed a motive to you. And note the difference here, right? When when it's a Democrat who is advancing some sort of agenda or making an argument, you just take at face value what their argument is. When it's parents, though, when parents are advancing an agenda that is, hey— don't sexualize my kid. 
then it's like, well, if you're speaking that kind of message too loudly, I know that your real motive is cynical political gain. They're always able to detect the political motivations of the right. Isn't that amazing? In this case, it's not even the right. It's just parents. So parents, if you could, if you want to complain, just don't do it loudly. Because too loudly, that means you're just trying to inflame a wedge issue. Just thought you might want to know. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. There are two of them. I know I ran them all together there. They're two different phone numbers. Do kids even know what 800 numbers are for? Right? Because everything's now, I mean, I, I remember you had to buy minutes. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, third-party lines. were They were long gone by the time I came along. So, But I have heard the stories. So reading from the editorial here. Oh, hang on. Let me go over here to Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Pete. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. What's up? I was calling because I heard you say that the unaffiliated voters now are outnumbered Democrats. I didn't know if you thought that might open the door for the third-party candidate. I mean... I'm pretty upset with Republicans lean conservative, but I'm not real happy with what they're doing. They don't seem to have a plan. They just it's just like Biden's bad. Let's vote for our candidate. You know? So all right, so let me ask, Jeff, uh what would be a party platform that you would support? What would you look for in a party platform? Well, obviously the main ones like secure the border. Uh, lower the taxes, get our economy back on track, lower the deficit, um, you know, those kind of things. That seems like the Republican platform. Well, it does, but I don't hear them with a plan. It's just, it's like, I remember when Newt had a contract with, what was that he had? Yeah, the contract with America. Contract with America or Mm -hmm. whatever. I Mm -hmm. don't know how much of that they got passed, but it just seems like it's more lately the elections are vote for my candidate because the other candidate is bad. I mean, I hope Trump is not our candidate on the next election cycle. I'd like the DeSantis or somebody in there. Yeah, well, yeah, and as far as a general sentiment, I I understand what you're saying. I don't know, though, because every candidate is different. The candidates matter, just like you said. I mean, you, you like the party platform ideas, but you're not thrilled with the candidates that are, you know, running on that uh, party platform because they don't seem to deliver or they're just not attractive candidates at all. So, um, but do you think that um, independent outnumbering Democrats is going to allow a third party person to get in there? Get in where? Get elected, like when they ran as libertarian, or in other words, a non instead of a Democrat or Republican winning, it would be a third party candidate. Uh, yeah, so would somebody be able to get on the ballot and mount a campaign in North Carolina as an unaffiliated candidate and win? Yeah. I uh, I am not sure, because right now the state is pretty evenly split, third, third, third. You got a third um, uh, Democrats, you got a third that's unaffiliated, and a little bit less than a third of Republicans. But the thing about unaffiliated are that they vote for one party or the other most of the time. They're actually, I've right. seen I've some seen research. Affiliation, so I could vote in Democratic primaries, right. you know, to 
help that can or help choose that candidate. Right, and and for me, like I having lived in Charlotte and in um, Asheville, I can tell you, like where I've lived, I would not have had any primary choices to 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 make because my precincts were always in Democrat districts. So right. uh, if I wanted to participate in the primaries then I would have to register as a Democrat. And so I just said unaffiliated, and then I would pick and choose which ones I wanted to vote in. And some years I would want to vote in a Republican primary for president or a Democrat primary for a local office or something like that. Um, and yeah, so you got more flexibility. I don't know if you could, I don't know if you, you're going to see it anytime soon, what you're asking, Be, just because I think there are too many people that, because look, it happened with Trump in 2016 where I was, people were yelling at me, you need to go vote for Trump. If you don't vote for Trump, that's a vote for Hillary, which is, no, not true. A vote for Hillary is a vote for Hillary. A vote for Trump is a vote for Trump, and a vote for neither of them is not a vote for either of them, right? That's how that works. But um, I I don't know if you ever get to a critical mass uh, where you have enough people that would be willing to to jump ship because the fear is, if you are a, 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 a an unaffiliated and you're a solid Republican voter, though, all the time you tend to vote Republican in all of the elections, but you're unaffiliated, and here comes an unaffiliated candidate, the fear is, I'm going to go vote for that unaffiliated guy. He's not going to win, and I will have cost the Republican right. the, the election. Fair. That's the argument. That's the fear. And you got to overcome that. And I don't know what number you would need to hit for that critical mass to occur. I get you. Yeah. So I who knows? Thought maybe everybody's getting frustrated with their own party, and it might open the door for the third party person to get in. Yeah, it's possible. I don't make I don't make predictions on elections anymore, though, because I stink at right. it. So I All gave right. that Thanks. up. Thank my call. All right, buddy. Thanks. Good to talk with you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, and I know people look for answers, and they and that that drives a lot of the search for the you know in these discussions, the searching for knowledge, and that's that's fine. And, and I, I have a desire as well. I, I could make some predictions about what I think could happen about, but I don't know. I, I have no idea what might happen. There could be some, somebody could turn up unaffiliated. I don't know. Michael Jordan, he could come out and say, um, I'm going to run for governor and uh, I am a fiscal conservative, socially liberal, uh, and he can give a platform that incorporates stuff from both sides of the aisle and he could win. I don't know. Yeah, and pigs could sprout wings and start flying tomorrow as well. Anything is possible. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. I got a couple of emails. Let's see here. Jay says, Pete, Ross Perot is why Bill Clinton won. That is not necessarily true. Um, the exit polling, which if you believe exit polling, but exit polling broke in favor of um, Bush. No, I'm sorry broke in favor of Clinton, right? So if you had taken the, the, the analysis that I read, and this was years ago, was that this is sort of a conventional wisdom. This is a urban legend, basically, that Ross Perot is the reason why Bill Clinton won. And I was actually sitting at this very table. I said that myself, 
and this guy, uh, John was his name, Liberal John, and he would call in, and he was the first one who argued that that was not correct, and then I went and researched it, and he was correct. That the exit polling analysis shows that Clinton would have won. It, it wasn't Ross Perot that cost. Now, maybe Ross Perot cost Bush in another way, like highlighting differences and made people not happy with uh, with Bush, and they, they then went to Clinton if they weren't going to go to Perot. I don't, I don't know, but it wasn't that deep of analysis. It was just exit polling. Um, Jay says, I switched to unaffiliated so I could vote against Jennifer Roberts in the primary. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I would have too. I would have as well. Um, all right, so this editorial. Again, this is the opinion of Capital Broadcasting Company, parent company of WRAL-TV News. Seth Efron writes these pieces for the left-wing boss that he has who donates all the money to the left-wing causes in North Carolina. Efron, the former comms guy for two previous Democratic governors of this state. So first off, he says... Let's let's deal with this significant reality here that the most vocal parents are less concerned with resolving the issue in a thoughtful manner. What they really want is to complain loudly and visibly to ignite and inflame a wedge issue for cynical political gain. So that's what he's saying. If you see anybody that's out there yelling and screaming about their kids and what they're being exposed to in the schools, it's because they're just trying to inflame a wedge issue. He goes on to say, getting people in a lather over an obscure library book that isn't even being looked at might work for those who have an agenda to attack public education, but it doesn't address the issue at hand. So in that sentence, he's now discarding and dismissing these people as not just political, cynical uh, complainers. He is now also dismissing them as haters of public education. These parents, think about the mental gymnastics here, the parents who are mad that you've put dirty porn books in their kids' library or want to teach them about transgenderism at kindergarten recess, you're telling them that they hate K-12 public education. That's your argument? The parents who are sending their kids to the government for the education, that they're now mad that you're doing stuff in that facility, that they, they, they're haters of public ed. Okay. But he says, look, there are legitimate concerns arising here. Now, note, I also should point out here. He mentions that this is an obscure library book. We've had, uh, there's an example here. Brett Jensen was talking about it, I think, a week or so ago on WBT here about uh, a book that had appeared in one of the school libraries, whatever. And you notice what he first says. It's an obscure book that isn't even being looked at. See, nobody's even reading. This is the same Line of attack, or defense, I should say. This is the same thing they said about critical race theory. It doesn't exist. It's not even being taught. You can't even define it. It's only at the college level. Well, okay, maybe these things should be taught, right? That's where we go. Then, uh, what, what else? Voter ID, same thing. Vote fraud. Vote fraud doesn't happen. And then you show them examples of it happening, and then it's like, oh, well, okay, maybe a couple of places. But they always start off with this denial. Oh, hey, nobody's even reading this book. It's so obscure. What are you even talking about? Well, if no one reads the book, then I guess there's no problem taking it off the shelves, right? That's what you would do with the book that nobody's reading, wouldn't you? 
make room for books that people are reading? Or is that not how GovCo libraries operate? So you're saying that there, there are books that are put on the shelves for reasons other than people wanting to read them? Is that what you're saying? A lot of questions I have with this line of argument that uh, the comms guy has developed here. But he does have to acknowledge that there are legitimate concerns. And then he says, all the emotional and political fireworks aside, aside with uh, what we've seen and heard, there is a need to more closely examine how sensitive issues of race, gender, and human sexuality are handled in public schools. This is how you know the polling is terrible on this. Democrats have picked a fight with parents. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, that demographic is really large. Really large. Most people, and this is just back of the envelope kind of math stuff here, but most people are parents, want to be parents, or have parents. Most people. So, you're picking a fight with a lot of people. He says, after all, the point here is not shock and awe. It's to make all of us more comfortable with differences we may not understand, don't embrace, but certainly don't pose any threat nor diminish anyone. So again, there's the agenda. Now he dresses it all up with, we're just trying to make people more comfortable with differences and all this. So this is the, so this is the PR effort now, right? This is a cleanup on uh, aisle election here. He says, it's not simple. The way differences whether of race, faith, gender, and even choices of attire, the way these are discussed are delicate. How and what needs to be discussed with children in kindergarten, elementary schools, middle, age, uh, middle schools, and high schools is different. But it really needs to be done with maturity. Let's get some of the emotionalism out of it, which that's the first time I've heard a leftist say that we, we need less emotion. My God. I mean, if you take emotion out of the leftist playbook, I don't know if they know how to engage in any kind of discourse. Seriously. It's all performative. It's all hyperbolic. All right, all right, all right. So settle down, you parents. They're all yelling and screaming about what schools are teaching your kids. The parent company, Capital Broadcasting Company, the parent company, WREL, and their hired hack, are urging us all to engage in a meaningful dialogue. Let's take the emotion out of this, okay? Which, if you take the emotion out of the argument, then I'm not sure leftists get to participate. But he does say this, and this is—I'm I, having some fun with him here. But in all seriousness, this is an indication of how bad the polling is. This is an indication of how scared Democrats are. The stories that I have brought to you today are all in alignment on that topic, right? He's now saying there should be clear guidelines at every grade level. Parents should be able to provide feedback and concerns before the discussions begin. And as a matter of state and local school system curriculum policy, it is obvious there needs to be a uh, thorough, rev- uh, yeah, thorough review. And then he goes on to say, this is not about politics. Let's turn down the heat on this debate. Because it could hurt Democrats. (laughs) That's what he's saying. Let's turn down the heat of this debate. Um, Why? Parents are mad. You really hacked them off with some of this stuff. You and this is not Republicans pushing these things. This is this is you lefties, education activists. 
You guys have been doing this stuff. And then Democrats are also very worried. Seattle, ABC affiliate, Como, K-O-M-O. Amazon is temporarily shuttering one of its offices in downtown Seattle. Why ever would Amazon do such a thing? Crime. Rising crime. 1,800 employees who work at that facility. They had been assigned to this building. It's at 300 Pine Street in Seattle. I've never been. As Como explained, quote, in the last, that's K-O-M-O TV. In the last few weeks, shootings, including one that killed a 15-year-old boy, have rocked the busy stretch of downtown. Seattle police has set up a mobile precinct along 3rd Avenue with officers on bikes patrolling the area as well. But Amazon apparently hit its breaking point and did not want to continue sending its employees into the lawless neighborhood. Yeah, it's kind of funny. By the way, I mean, it's not funny, obviously. It's, it, it's funny how people react to certain stimuli, right? Hey, look at that. It's really dangerous for my employees to get to the office. Maybe I shouldn't, I don't know, risk their lives lest I lose them as employees. People behave rationally. For the most part, people act in rational ways. I, I tend to assume that. I tend to assume that. And when you can no longer guarantee uh, safety for workers in a downtown area, guess who's not going to show up? Yeah, workers in a downtown area. Which, by the way, do you remember what Biden said during the State of the Union speech the other night, a couple weeks ago? Remember, he talked about having to move past COVID, you know, the new normal, learn to live with it. And we need people to come back to work. And then, you know, gas prices went through the roof. But the we need people to come back to work. And you remember what he said then? About re, to fill the downtowns of our great cities again. People are freaking out about the commercial real estate markets. How are you going to be able to entice people to go downtown? Look, my wife and I, we lived in Center City. We were here because when I first, when when I went up to work in Asheville, we had our house, we sold the house, we moved her into an apartment and I split time. I would drive up on Friday nights and I would drive back on Sundays. And so I would be either in Charlotte on the weekend or she would be in Asheville on the weekend. But we rented an apartment in Center City, and we lived there for three years, I want to say, or, or she did for th- like two or three years. And we were really like happy about doing like an urban lifestyle uh, opportunity. We, we, we liked the ability to walk out, walk around the Center City and stuff. Yeah, and then the riots happened. And, and guess what we decided? Screw that. Why am I going to sit outside and watch people light cars on fire and have to worry about whether it's going to catch my building on fire and if I'm going to be able to get out? And if I can get out, am I going to be beaten in the streets or something? Like, these are the questions that people have when you have a breakdown in society. That's, that's a rational response. Hey, you know what? I don't think I want to live in a tiny little apartment anymore now that i got to work from home for two years. Right? So... Maybe I want a bigger place. Maybe I want some more land. Maybe I want to, you know, have some distance between myself and other neighbors. And maybe I don't want to be ground zero a block or two away from the police department. Because if this is what's going to erupt after any police shooting anywhere in America, I'm out. That's not a sustainable course. 
I'm not the only one who came to these conclusions either, folks. Democrats have a big problem coming up. I know that came that I came very close to making a prediction there about elections. I came very I did not do that though. I just said they got a big problem. They're worried about the polling. I'm not making predictions. The Seattle Times emphasized that the crime spree that's been going on near Amazon's offices, a location that's just about three blocks from Pike's Place Market, that's where they throw the fish, a popular area for tourists. Oh, yeah. Guess who goes away, too, when crime gets out of control? Yeah, tourists don't really want to hang around the place where everyone's getting murdered. You know, I mean, well, I guess there might be some class of tourist that's like suicidal or something that may want to go there or like the adrenaline junkie tours or something. I don't know. Since February 21, there have been at least three shootings, two stabbings and one carjacking in that one area. February 21, that's like three weeks. That's what they have seen there. The mayor's office released a statement. Oh, my goodness. Let's get some leadership on this. Here we go. What does mayor say? Mayor says, Mayor is working every day to make downtown a safe and thriving neighborhood for residents, workers, and businesses. But it will take time to reverse long-standing safety issues. All right. That inspires confidence for me. Book me a plane ticket. I want to go now. Ironically, Amazon and its woke corporate culture are, thanks to support for Democrat politicians and radical organizations... Partly to blame for the very effects of the policies that those activists have demanded and Democrats have implemented. That's at townhall.com, Spencer Brown's article. Brett Winterbulls coming up next. Stick around on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.